0: Hello and welcome. I am your host Kirsty, and this is Leadership Odysseys. We're embarking on a mission to bridge the gap between aspiration and reality, offering a raw and unfiltered exploration of the behind the scenes challenges that shape true leadership. Join us as we share stories of resilience, turning points, And authentic human experiences that remind us greatness is a product of the entire odyssey, not just the destination. In the dynamic landscape of business and innovation, few figures stand out as distinctly as Joe Harris, the co founder and CEO of Stevie. With a career trajectory that seamlessly navigated through healthcare, e-commerce, and groundbreaking recruitment, Jo Harris is a true pioneer whose journey is marked by resilience, adaptability, and a profound understanding of the human element in every venture. Jo's story began in the noble field of healthcare, where she owned her skills as a registered nurse at the Alfred Hospital in Melbourne. However, her innate curiosity and entrepreneurial spirit led her to embark on an unconventional path. In 2010, Jo, along with her sister, ventured into the e-commerce space, co-founding the homewares brand Hunting for George. This foray into online retail not only showcased her ability to make strategic business decisions, but also earned her recognition as one of the top 50 people in e-commerce in the year 2018 and 2019. Undeterred by challenges, Joe's entrepreneurial spirit led her to co-found Stevie, a revolutionised recruitment platform challenging the norms of hiring. At the helm of Stevie, Joe brings a fresh perspective to the recruitment landscape, replacing traditional CVs with unique profiles that prioritise the essence of an individual. Stevie under Joe's leadership is not merely a platform, it's a community founded on collaboration, empowerment and mutual success. Joe embodies the ethos of treating others as one wishes to be treated and her commitment to enhancing the community around her is the driving force behind Stevie. With an unwavering dedication to making positive difference, fostering great teams and supporting a culture that truly matters, Joe is shaping the future of recruitment one meaningful connection at a time. So get ready to be inspired by an innovative leader who believes that just like dating, Success in business is all about asking the right questions. So meet Joe Harris, a catalyst for change and a pioneer in the evolution of work. Welcome Joe to Leadership Odysseys. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me Kirsty. Oh, and listen, we met, what was it, about three years ago, give or take, in the midst of COVID over a great virtual coffee?
1: Oh, we did. And it was all when I was reaching out to those around me to pitch a bit of an idea and see who was behind me to come along for the ride. But, yeah, that was fabulous. And we've stayed in touch ever since. A very good connection that was.
0: Oh, and listen, I have just loved watching your journey. So we are going to dive right in because, my gosh, you've got a wealth of knowledge to share with our wonderful audience. So I am going to ask you where did your journey begin? Who is Joe Harris? It's
1: who's Joe Harris? Great question. And it was a great chance to reflect actually on my journey. It's been an interesting one because I've never been someone who's had a clear direction of where I've been headed at any point in time. Truly from even when I left school, no idea what I wanted to do with myself. And that was the first opportunity for me to say, well, I don't know. So I'll do something in the meantime to try and work that out. So I I started with my gap year of a year th- overseas.
0: Yeah, I think so many people oh. though, you know, you don't have that direction right no, at the no. beginning. You, you really don't know what your heart desires or even the opportunities that are out there to make those decisions. No, exactly right. I just,
1: I knew kind of what I enjoyed and what I didn't want to do, but i really, the decision of, you know, those first steps after school, I had no idea about. And to be honest, at, at 18 and I grew up in Hobart, had a rather sheltered and a very lucky um, upbringing down in Tassie. But a gap year was the first opportunity which my parents actively encouraged and they said, go and see the world, go and get some experience and obviously build up some independence and then and then we, we've got some time to decide. So I think taking off that pressure of me not knowing mum and dad were like, that's fine. Look, a gap year is probably the way to go. And I think that was the start of my journey of just trying different things. So from there... That year actually did a lot for me with building, starting to build those transferable skills that I've continued to take with me wherever I've gone. So throwing myself out of my comfort zone um, and into a change has kind of been created. I've been able to create a lot of change throughout my life. So
0: I do have to ask, where did you go for your gap year? Oh, the UK,
1: as most people do. (laughs) But it was a huge Iberna at 18, living over there and travelling around Europe at 18. Obviously, this was pre-mobile phone days, still calling home reverse charges, no social media. So you really were kind of on your own and had to kind of fall on your feet a little bit. So after that, I realised the direction I wanted to go in was nursing. I've always loved working with people. And I figured nursing was a great opportunity to do just that, have an impact, but also continue traveling and, and use it to my advantage. So this was where I started my career. So coming back, I realized that Hobart was probably too small for me to move back into and, and came over to Melbourne again, knowing no one, went through college while I went through university, which was a phenomenal opportunity to meet a whole new community of people, uh, many of which I'm I'm still You know, very close with to this day. So nursing was my first career step. And I did thoroughly enjoy it, actually. I really thrived. Once I got in there, I tried a few different areas and I was mainly at the Alfred Hospital and I really did enjoy it. So I was there for, well, until I got my long service leave. So. Quite
0: some time. Yeah,
1: over 10 years. And I ended up getting into, during that time, I'd had my first child as well. So I think towards the end of that phase of nursing, I started, life was a little demanding at home with a baby. Life was a little demanding at work because patients um, do tend to need or can be quite exhausting and and draining. So the cup was feeling a little bit empty at that point and I started thinking I needed something for me. I I needed some kind of change. I didn't know what that was, but it was actually the start of then I guess thinking of some ideas about where to next. And this is where I started having conversations with my sister and we would just kind of have these ideas around having a shop and filling it with beautiful homewares and, you know, having this great kind of lifestyle change. Did you have
0: any experience in that space yourself or your sister?
1: Absolutely (laughs) none. Absolutely none. It was all very, it was just the ideal. But the more we chatted about it, so Lucy's in graphic design, the more we spoke about it and kind of researched it, the more we realised that we actually could do something in that space and we could do it on the side. So, none of us were throwing in our jobs. We were still getting paid a wage and which, you know, was important to continue for us. And on the side, we just started taking small steps. You know, we did a small business course. You know, we thought about business names and kind of Started the process, and it's all creative at this point. We hadn't committed to anything, and then at a point we were looking at going into you know leases. Like, what would it mean? Like, where would we have our shop? And we realised that that was just that wasn't going to be possible. We couldn't staff it. It was so expensive. And I had this kind of light bulb moment. So this would have been back in two thousand and eight or nine. We should. Like, let's go online. We can have an online store. This is where things are starting to head online shopping. So let's have a store, but do it all. Yeah, all online. And that way we can create and build our brand while we're also behind the scenes working in our other jobs and we can balance the two. And it gives us an opportunity to, to try and to see how it goes. So that was my first big kind of movement, I guess, within careers.
0: Yeah, and I think that's quite interesting, like all the different points that you layered to really make the framework for mm. the business structure but so many people you know when you're trying you, you know trying to keep that cash flow coming in from keeping a job mm. and like you've got this new family mm. you know babies around you like to be able to look at that online one it was still very groundbreaking back then mm. but second of all to be able to then give you the flexibility of not having to be right in front of that customer but still be able to provide a solid connection with that customer mm. on through the online platform Oh, absolutely. It was all a new space. So we could create whatever we
1: wanted in that space, we realised, because no one was out there doing it. Like there were hardly any, you know, online brands then. Yeah, and it did. It, it, I think any kind of change, its it's small steps to get you there as well, which is what we realised when we started because people – Often said that was such a brave move. But at the time, we didn't really think of it as brave because it was just little incremental steps towards something to explore it. And then, even when we were able to create it, you know, we weren't throwing in, we weren't putting, you know, everything on the line for this. We were just seeing how it went. And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, well, that's okay. We still had day jobs to go back to. But yeah, it was just those small steps that was really quite important. So that was because we did have a chance to create something very new that was back. And this was also before Instagram was around. So we really, we sat down and and really worked out, well, what can each of us bring? If we have this online store, firstly, kind of working out, well, what are we going to sell? But what can each of us bring to this relationship? So Lucy, obviously, phenomenal design skills, which she could do kind of that front facing. And I was really happy to do kind of the customer service type roles and the, you know, in the background, kind of the operational type things, which worked for me because I could, you know, pack and dispatch orders around kids sleep times and and their likes and I would in those early days I used to take the hunting for George parcels to the Alfred Hospital post office (laughs) so (laughs) I don't know if anyone actually ever picked it up but they all had the Alfred Hospital postage stamp on their parcels (laughs) oh that's classic (laughs) I'm like I wonder if someone would actually look at that and think that's a little bit strange so yeah so we did that for a number of years and and evolved and and really, I guess we got to a point where we realized that we had a viable business and it was our opportunity to commit and go into it full time. And yeah, we just kind of reached that point where that we needed to make that big decision. And I had some long service leave available. So we said, you know, let's give it a a period of trying try and give it a go. And so that started my next journey. So I, I opportunities I've always kind of been quite open to opportunities that have come my way and that was yeah the first kind of big step for me out of
0: oh it's a huge step and a that's a, a huge career change in itself but I think from listening to that chapter of your story it is there's so many transferable skills and being able to find that whole new lease of energy and yeah. move those skills over is this whole new lease of life as well. Absolutely.
1: And I didn't realise at the time, I didn't realise at the time, but I had a phenomenal wealth of skills. But I never really thought about it much and almost was a little bit more embarrassed about it, my background. So especially when we started attending, you know, conferences and the likes and I'd be speaking to certain vendors and they'd be scheming my background up, you know, Quite out there with asking questions, you know. What's your background and and things? And I was quite embarrassed about saying nursing because people would kind of. I just felt that a bit of an imposter, (laughs) I guess, a bit of a fraud because it wasn't. Oh, yeah, no, no one was for a start. No, you know, e-commerce was still very small back then, but I just didn't really value. I didn't place that value behind all the fabulous things you know, that 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 career had kind of instilled in me, all these great transferable skills around working with people. It was much later that I really got the confidence to to take ownership of that and say, no, this is me. This is why I'm great at what I do. I know the things that I'm not as strong in, that's fine. But I also know where I do um, pack a punch, I guess. So yeah, it took a little while to take ownership of that. But I think that comes through confidence. I mean, you'd most people would say you know through experience you do become more confident within yourself i think
0: gosh so many people are challenged with imposter syndrome like it really is something that all of us face in you know some way shape throughout our whole career and just in life in general and i think that's a important message of you know, I would love to hear some tips or advice of how others can actually push through that fear that you actually do feel when you have that imposter syndrome, when you know you have the capabilities. Mm. It's really tough, actually.
1: And with anything, I remember a great manager I had back when I was nursing, you know, she was saying with anything you're fearful of, there's literally no way around it other than just jumping in sometimes the deep end and just taking ownership of it as opposed to running around it. So it's also good conversations with good people that sometimes they see things in you that you might struggle to to see in yourself and I think I think that's also something that's worth doing having conversations with others and just taking a moment to appreciate what you have achieved, which is interesting Absolutely. Isn't it? So for example with your bio of myself, when you hear it, it just seems so surreal. (laughs) And you're like, wow, I actually have achieved some pretty cool stuff, whereas I'm not patting myself on the back every day for that. So it's taking a moment to look at it, I
0: guess. Absolutely taking a moment. And I can hand on heart say that I don't think anyone stops and really celebrates the wins or mm. actually document down what mm. they have accomplished, not just from a physical results perspective, but as mm. a leader that you've grown to be and the influence you have on the your team, your broader community. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's a special piece of this podcast as well is wanting to do that bio and create that bio because I think it's really special to be able to say, look what you have mm. actually Done through your journey. and you know now let's really dive into it, but it's a a very key part all of us should be doing a lot more often is actually just stopping and and really reflecting back. Yeah, because it is, you know our journeys are made up of a lot a lot of little small
1: steps that we just forget about, but it takes a lot of courage to make small change and to take small steps to something different. And then, yeah, as a whole it certainly does get you to a place that you never envisioned maybe that you would get to and i think with you know you realize you you learn to have more confidence in your ability and just willing to give things a go and i'm still like that now even with what i'm doing now i i don't i try not to overthink things i do weigh up the pros and cons obviously you can't just jump in without that but but it's not overthinking things and and being held back by fear. You've just got to give it a go and rally people around you to to come along for the ride and support you. And even if decisions don't work, the learnings that you've gained from that, if you're smart enough to realise them, they are so powerful as well. So I think You know, even with myself, I've now moved on to my second business, which, for the record, I swore I'd never do. I'm (laughs) going to have a break after Hunting for George. But, you know, the learnings through Hunting for George have, you know, I've brought with me on my next step,
0: which means, you know. You get stronger and stronger with every new opportunity forward. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I have to ask, Hunting for George So I know there was a lot of brainstorming in creating the company, but where did hunting for George as a name for your business come from? I remember Lucy
1: was like, we need to be, we're hunting for things. You know, we curate all this incredible stuff. So we want people to be hunting through our site. And I just had my daughter, Georgia, and I don't know whether it was sleep deprivation or what, but I just said, George, hunting for George. And she's like, oh, my God, yes, yes. Let's do it. And it's so she's she's got a business named after her I guess. It came out of nowhere, but we did love it was the idea of, you know, people coming to our site and, you know, having the opportunity to
0: it stands out. It's a, yeah, it, a very different, unique, and intriguing name that you want to be able to go, What is this all about?
1: <laughs> I know. And it's, you know, you do want to stand out. And again, it comes down to not overthinking things. I think if something feels right in your gut, just go with it. And it was just the same with the name. And we love that name for, you know, every day. So, And Lucy's still doing fantastic things with Hunting for George now in a in a very different direction. So I I love that it's still out there.
0: That's excellent. Well, you're going to have to just give us a bit of insight into Hunting for George. Like Mm. so it was an online platform that started and you really built this to, well, you positioned yourself as a leading top 50 e-commerce leader in the market. What is it? What was it and is still well recognized for?
1: I think our community. We built a community at Hunting for George. And when we first started the business and we thinking about having a physical space, what we both loved was that sense of community that local stores have, you know, whether it's your local wine bar or a local homeware store, you have that beautiful sense of community with locals supporting it and, you know, supporting local brands. We wanted that but online it was quite challenging in the beginning because we had this idea that hunting for George would represent brands and we would promote those brands and it would be an inclusive store where people felt, you know, welcome to come in and they would, you know, no matter who you were, you were going to find something of interest within, you know, within our homeware store. And we realised that there was really nothing in that space at that point in time for people to feel um, like they had somewhere to go to online for gift buying or homewares. And because it was a blank slate, because e-commerce wasn't really a thing back in 2010, we were really able to we just had a blank slate to do what we wanted. So, you know, we created even photography, you know, it was us and our mates being photographed in products or around products to be put on our website. You know, the way we spoke and connected with people was our voice and it was inclusive. So we really created something quite special to build this community where it became more than a homeware store. You know, people would come to us for advice and, we built a, a loyal and, and very trusting kind of community and we offered more than than just products. So that was when we started branching out into uh, more information sharing as well and, you know, information behind the makers, which we felt was really important. So we would be representing brands and we wanted to promote those brands so the people behind the products. In the early days of hunting the George though, it was really challenging because we were going to trade shows to try and pick up brands to represent. And we had a huge number of knockbacks from brands saying, we just, we don't do online. And as soon as you said, you're an online retailer, the walls would go up. And we had to really try and pitch that, you know, what we were doing was quite different, that we wanted to represent them. We wanted to promote them. And, and, you know, we not. They, I think they felt they were going to be selling us their products, and you know, their brand would just be ignored. So it was quite an interesting journey to have to try and pitch hunting for George to brands to represent. A few of them did were open to hearing what we what we had to offer, and did jump online and have a look at our brand, and were willing to give us a go. And, and that was what really that was where we started gaining some traction because. We didn't work on consignment at the time. We did purchase products, but we worked with our brands and built these great connections with them to say, look, we're only small, we're growing, so we can't afford big minimum quantities, but would you be willing to offer us a wider range of maybe less numbers of things and we'll buy them outright to support them as well, which, you know, ensured there wasn't the risk. So again, we came at this business with a very kind of common sense approach Other than this small business like short business course, we had never done this before. But I guess all of our decisions with Hunting for George were based on, well, what would what would we want? How would we want people to approach us? And and that was kind of what guided
0: very customer centric.
1: Yeah, how we grew it. And, you know, I was managing the customer service at that time. So for me, you know, all the the skills that I had in through nursing was just listening understanding and being able to make a suggestion, being able to solve a problem. So I think because we were quite authentic in our voice, it started gaining a lot of momentum and and then more brands saw what we were doing and how we were actually adding so much benefit to their brands and they wanted to be part of the community as well. So it started this snowball effect of more brands wanting to come on board more customers than joining up with the community. And it was really just, yeah, it just started snowballing from there. We didn't have, when we started, we didn't have huge goals for hunting for George. It was just something something that we wanted to do and we saw there was a lack of. So we thought we'd fill a gap and really enjoy ourselves and build a great community and have fun along the way. So when we got to the point of, you know, being nominated for awards and you know, having our name next to I remember we had a pop-up shop at High Point one Christmas and gosh, a lot of blood, sweat and tears went into that. But we actually won that award for the experience that we provided at that shop at online retailers. And you know, we beat Rebel Sport. And oh, I actually, wow. yeah, and I actually cried. <laughs> like it still makes me get a bit emotional. And you know the guy from Rebel who I was sitting to at sitting next to at the time. He said, "Bloody well done! Like own it, Absolutely. Go, go and enjoy it." And I think we just would we, we went with our gut for a lot of decisions, and it and it really worked for us. I think and people came along for the ride because they realised that we are, are we real? were yeah we were so kind of authentic and real. I guess. We, and we were different. We were unique. And we were just
0: doing our own thing and it resonated. And that pure passion is, it just would have been shining through because you're doing what you oh, really love. Absolutely. And I loved I loved the opportunity also to build our team. Like when it was,
1: we got to the point of we moved the operation out of my home and into a space and we actually started to hire a team. I mean, that was huge. So, and I really enjoyed that chance to interview and inspire people to come and work with us because we were tiny and so people would come and work with us because they believed in what we were doing and they wanted to be a part of it they had a skill of course that we needed but we've had just some phenomenal people that that came through hunting for george and contributed in their own unique ways through time and i really did enjoy that pathway so I was very much behind the scenes managing kind of your customer service and relationships with our
0: suppliers and and also our team. So and how would you describe your culture that you built there with that team because you did build yourself quite a name as the the people whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was Lucy and
1: she's like I she used to laugh because Lucy, you know, I'm I'm one of those people that is Quite happy behind the scenes. But if you take me to an event, I'll walk away guaranteed with multiple connections <laughs> and organized a few coffee catch-ups or drinks after it. She said, You're just, I don't know what it is about me. I think I just bowl up to people and start chatting. But I just have always really enjoyed people. I've enjoyed, I love hearing unique stories. I love everything that makes, you know, people different. And and I really believe that you know, when inspired and motivated that people just bring their best self to, you know, to the team. And I could see the power of teams that work well together. And I think this also came through nursing. So when you saw, you know, teams come together in a critical moment, that's actually quite stressful. There's actually something quite soothing about no one panicking, everyone working together, everyone has their job, but it, it's in synchrony and it's just it's so, it has such an impact. Huge that impact. Of, So when teams work well together, people know their role. They know the importance of their role. Everyone's role is equal. No one's lesser or more than anyone else. Put that together, that is powerful. So with Hunting for George, it was, you know, everyone that came on, they, they had huge impact to make within our business. And, and, you know, we hope that everyone really felt that way, that when they were within our team, that they did have an impact. And our success was because of, it was it was due to our small team. We were very small, but we were very powerful. People were quite amazed to hear that we were still a small business. We just happened to punch above our weight. But that was because everyone,
0: yeah, was, was so committed and loved what they were doing. And it just shows when a team know how to empower each other and Mm. identify the value that they all bring Mm. and that it's not one or the other. It really is all of them working together as a collective towards a common goal. Mm. It is extremely powerful, like you said, because that energy just shines through and there's you know, the ability to build these just thriving workplaces. Oh, it's so true. And and
1: having that diverse group of people with all different ways of thinking and ideas, you know, that is what makes it great because, you know, Lucy and I brought the business, you know, with just the two of us to a point. But then the second you open yourself up to different ideas and different ways of doing things, you know, that's again when you can kick up a gear and it was we just had fun as a team as well I remember that so if you can have fun as a team outside of work when you're not when you're not there that's kind of a positive thing as well
0: absolutely so very very true
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so you had this incredible what was it around 10 years mm, it, was nine, it was nine
1: years we're seeing a theme here actually only <laughs> 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 itchy feet happened for me at the 10-year mark. At the nine-year mark. So at nine years, we had done some phenomenal things with the business, but I was getting, I was I didn't see it at the time, but I was getting a little bit burnt out and I realised I needed a change and I needed to go in a different direction. My kids were still young. It had been a very busy and hectic nine years and Lucy and I um, were able, which was fantastic, to then you know, create a new direction for Hunting for George and and myself. And I just, we had an honest conversation with each other and I wanted a change. And Lucy actually had ideas to take Hunting for George in a different direction. So we agreed. I jumped out of Hunting for George and I took a much needed break. And it was only when I had that break that I realised that I was quite burnt out. I didn't see it at the time. My husband saw it. He saw the signs and was trying to get me to see them. So I just had a bit of a break, reintroduced myself to the kids Everybody <laughs> forgot who I was and, and took some time for me. So to get myself back on track and, and that was a really important time because I didn't know where I wanted to go. I just know I needed something different and that wasn't where I should be. So I, I had no idea where I was headed.
0: The importance of identifying that you need a break, like that is a lesson so many of us Mm -hmm. need to to actually learn because it is. It's Mm -hmm. go, 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 this treadmill and Mm -hmm. one thing to the next thing and it's almost we put this expectation on ourselves that we've got to be, you know, straight into the next thing. And it's like, no, we've got our whole life's journey ahead of us, but to actually stop and sharpen the saw and have that moment to focus on your health, on your family, Mm. on your friends and get clarity on those next steps is a game changer. Uh, It is. And you have to stop to do
1: it because you need the chance just to reflect. And you may not know all the answers of what's ahead, but I think everyone knows in their gut, if things aren't right, you know, that feeling and, or you're not sleeping, or you have that dread on a Sunday night, or there's it's in your gut. Your body knows. Your body is yep. saying something's not right. You may not know the answer and that's okay, but you need to listen to your gut. So for me, you know, it was really important for me to stop. And I hadn't not worked for a long time, plus starting a business was felt like double time, it's like kind of.
0: It is. Like dog, <laughs> yeah. dog years. I'm, I, like,
1: I often say it's like dog years founding a business but um, so it was really nice just to stop and I did stuff that I'd never done before like I I went on excursions with my kids school groups and I put my hand up to be a parent rep do you mean stuff I just hadn't done and I really enjoyed that and it just gave me some time and space to kind of work out well where to next and I wasn't too worried about not finding you know, a place to go, I just needed some time to work out what that was. Yeah, so that was really valuable. So if you can take a, a little bit of a break and make some change, I do recommend it. So but even that way back after that was quite interesting, because then I really was trying to work out where I fit, I was ready to get back into some work, but I didn't know what that looked like. And I really struggled, I think, because I struggled to work out where I fit I then couldn't articulate it to others. So I started applying for jobs and I I did some consulting work with a fabulous crew, but it just wasn't the right fit for me. I wasn't, didn't feel I was adding as much value as as I needed to. So it was a bit of a try-and-see period for me before I started my next step. And this is where Stevie came to fruition through an event. I just happened to be, when I was doing some consulting, helping with this amazing hackathon, which was basically with people in e-commerce coming together online at the start of COVID to come up, pitch ideas, come come into groups and pitch ideas to fuel e-commerce growth. And I was involved in that event. And so the, the group that I was leading realized that talent was going to be one of the biggest challenges to businesses going forward because having been connected to and growing your team is really crucial, obviously, for business growth. So we were involved in this hackathon. We actually won it with our pitch, which was fabulous.
0: It is but fabulous. It was so the- different in in within your story of, you know, going from all these different, oh. apps, you know, areas of your life to now at a hackathon and it,
1: it was so random and even that was unique because it was the first year of COVID so it was all online and virtual with this so it was really you know it was back in the days when we we're all feeling quite positive about yeah we've got this so it was, um, <laughs> it was uh, yeah that in itself was quite different being a part of that but again it, it, what that did was bring the community together to say well what are our biggest challenges as an industry and, and what are our solutions to them? And our solution happened to be talent, and and I guess that flickered something within me because we did win this event, and and it re- I just couldn't walk away. I'm like, I just feel that there's something in this. Like, do we have an opportunity now that we should follow up on to maybe we can create something, a, a solution that can benefit businesses but also benefit people wanting to get into our industry and that was really the spark then that was behind Stevie and I think my experience up until then I had so much trouble getting cut through through applying for jobs and I know this was at a time during COVID where it seemed that every man his dog was looking for work at the time so it was you know there were avalanches of CVs going to hiring teams and and I just couldn't get cut through, not even a conversation. So, and I kind of did draw, I had a few frustrations during that time around the ways in which talent and business is connected. And so the more we delved in and did research into the problems here, we realised we had a bit of a, we had a solution that we could create. And so I just rallied the team and said, okay, I would like to take this on. Would anyone like to join me on the ride? There are a few very smart people who said, you know what, we're already on our own founder's ride at the moment and we won't have the bandwidth to do it, which I completely understand. But I was lucky enough that a, a couple of gentlemen did come along for the ride and and are still with me today. So that was three years ago. And that's that's another big step, I guess, of, of like where to with Stevie. Yeah. But again, it was an opportunity. I saw a chance to test something out. And like with Hunting for George, it's just small steps Doing some research, you know, looking at what it would take to create a solution. And it's those small steps to then work out well, do we have something viable? So
0: that's where. What is that? significant point of difference. I know you spoke through the difficulties of recruitment and I can definitely resonate within that space that people are just a small fish in a very large pond and a a number sitting in a, you know, a pile of resumes. So how did you look at this as a problem to then go, you know what, Stevie can be different because? We saw that cut through was
1: a massive challenge for people and for the right people to get in front of the right opportunities and also on the flip side for the right opportunities to be presented to the right people. So it's almost going back to the basics where it's an old-fashioned introduction or tapping your network where someone would say, hey, if you thought of this person for that role because I know they have the skills, they'd be a great culture fit for you. And they would do that connection. I just, we felt that in the scuffle of CVs, so much about a person gets lost in translation along the way. And the the traditional ways of connecting the power was very much with the business, where they're the ones reviewing a CV. And there's a lack of power from the talent because all you have is a CV to explain the value you can add you also have a certain trajectory on a CV. If you look at your experience and someone will make an assumption about where you're going to, but what if you want something different to that and you're making a change? So I guess we saw that the ways of connecting were very they're hugely demanding on time of people to sift through CVs and hugely demanding on time for people to actually you know, create a great cover letter and a CV. And that doesn't even guarantee you any cut through as well so we figured stevie we wanted stevie to be a platform that got to know our community asked there was also no transparency in this space gosh it was frustrating and the amount of times i wasted applying for jobs i need to be told we well, you, you know you're overqualified or underqualified i'm like well this is information that would have been useful you know put in the job description maybe if you told me the salary then Information that was really key for me making a decision over whether I took the time to apply. So we figured with Stevie, it was really around getting to know our community. Who are they? What do they need? What are the things that are easy to articulate? And then for businesses, who are they and what do they need? And then it's a bit of a no-brainer to be matching on the basics but also showcasing all the really important stuff about a person that starts conversations and gives people more insights into whether they would be a great culture fit together. So it's kind of really it's just managing the introductions. We realised that just Stevie was an opportunity to advocate for our community and introduce the right people to start conversations. Then they carry on and, and interview as they see fit, but it's ensuring that our community get a foot in the door. And it's for the right reasons. They've got the skills that a business needs. They're able to work the ways that a business is offering. And you know what? The salary ranges match. some really basic things that matter in the beginning to save people time. Oh, so a huge being,
0: amount of time. And yeah. not only that, I think that in the current format of, you know, looking for if you're a business looking for a new person to join your team or vice versa, looking mm-hmm. to be able to get out there and find that new career opportunity, mm-hmm. Titles still play a significant part, unfortunately, and what could be one title in one organization means something totally different in another organization. It really should be coming down to that conversation, the skill alignment and the the culture alignment on values and things as well. 100%. And I've found
1: that even in this journey as well with, you know, In the early days, there are a lot of manual work around. So as people come our way and are looking for opportunities, I'm going out and and searching for them. But it is so hard because, yes, one person, one business might call a a job title one thing, and that's completely different from another. So we've gone back to basics with the skills. If someone has a skill that they need to fill and someone has a skill that they want to utilise, this is the key as well, you know, for example, if someone has been, you know, their career has been in marketing but they want to make a shift into a different area, so project management, what are the skills they want to utilise for their next role? And then they're the ones that we would match with what a business needs. So it's not looking at, you can still see job titles when you look at their experience, but we're not matching on that. So we're actually matching on what's important because you do need to start with the skills. Someone does, you need... It does need to be a balance. Someone needs to have the skills that you need, that you've identified for your gap as a business. But also it's all the extra all the extra information about a person as to whether they'll be a good fit. Because not everyone with the skills will share those skills, you know, well. we've I think we've all worked with people like that. So it's a combination. And, you know, we joke that it's kind of like dating. These are the things that you know it when you see it. So they're a bit you read more information around a business and then you're like, do you know what, yes, that resonates with what I'm looking for. So really a foot in the door and an introduction is really powerful. So businesses also, big or small, not everyone has um, a name that attracts huge numbers of of talent to them. So if we present an opportunity to a, a talent, obviously they're looking for the skills that the talent have to offer, We introduce that opportunity to a talent for them to think about. Well, should I start a conversation? So I guess it's that mutual benefit. I just felt that there wasn't a platform out there that's actually um, striving for a win-win solution for all of its community. And I feel very strongly that if you match, you know, an individual to a business and that works really well, then everyone's happy. It shouldn't be. Everything we do it's to ensure that our community, you know, we add benefit to our community, I guess. And sometimes a great conversation, if we can connect someone to a role that's obviously the ideal, but even a good connection to someone and a great conversation, you never know where that will head either, even if that opportunity doesn't work out. You still had a chance to expand your network and then maybe another opportunity comes up down the track and you do remember them And so it's, you know, the powerful things can come from a great connection. So I think with Stevie, what we focused on was just cancelling out any of the noise that happens on other platforms. People just tell us who they are, what they're looking for, and then as opportunities align come up, we introduce them to them. And then if they're interested, they accept or decline, and then they go from there. I
0: want to take a moment to introduce you to Naturally Gloom-Free, where lifestyle meets quality. Naturally Gloom-Free is a boutique bakery committed to crafting exceptional gluten free products that are produced with high-quality natural ingredients and free from all additives and preservatives. When you are seeking to transform your menu or source a premium gluten-free product, Naturally Gluten-Free invites you to connect with them via their website, naturallyglutenfree.com.au.
1: We're still finding our feet. We are still early days, Kirsty, and we launched our beta testing site last year because we just needed to listen to and learn from our community so I'm still evolving Stevie based on the people that are coming on board and, and their experiences and where they're seeing there needs to be change so at times I have to catch myself in that I don't have all the answers now but I'm learning and, and, and small steps along the way small yeah steps. and the feedback has been quite phenomenal and the Interestingly enough, when we started it, I kind of thought it'd be easier to get jobs and then that would attract the talent. But funnily enough, as soon as we started talking about Stevie, talent were the ones signing up, talent were the ones reaching out, saying, I'd love a conversation and to see if you can help. And and a lot of these talent, a lot of them wanting to make change and they're changing direction from where their CV is taking them, or they've had a career break and they want to get back into the workforce, or they're wanting to change industries, or they're wanting to change jobs. There's some kind of change in which they need the chance to share their story about what they're looking for. And then on the flip side, there were so many people that said, I'm open to opportunities. I don't have the time or the network to, to find them so well, that's I'm, a that's a key happy. part isn't it it's it is, uh, it's huge so we'll advocate for them so they're working but they're open so if an opportunity comes up you know we'll share it with them and then they have the opportunity to accept or decline a conversation it's not it's just starting that conversation and building that awareness so yeah early days very
0: exciting Very exciting. What is the vision? What's the the next steps for Stevie in the next 12 months? Look, this, I
1: think this 12 months will be a big one for us because we really need to work quite hard to market ourselves and and to refine our pitch, refine our prop and put it out there into the community and, and just continue to build. And it's also breaking down some barriers for businesses that have their traditional ways of finding talent and, and encouraging them to try something different, which shouldn't, this is exactly what we did with Hunting for George. We we're we trying to encourage businesses to think outside the square a little bit and maybe be open to people to being connected to people that may have got lost in the CV scuffle or do you know what a passively opened opportunities but not looking so that they're not going to be in front of you through your usual channels of, of searching. So that's my challenge at the moment. It's a good uh, one. It's a good yeah, one to face. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, so for those businesses that get it and through the ones I've had conversations with, you know, they see there's an opportunity of, of you know, Some dark horses almost, like someone that can get thrown in the mix that may have got lost when, you know, just looking at their CV and they see the opportunity of where Stevie can complement their usual hiring practices. So this year, it'll all just be around really building our community in because the more we listen and learn, you know, the stronger we can be and evolve.
0: Absolutely. And building that awareness out there in the market entails. So huge year ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> and then as the the CEO of Stevie, like you have built an incredible team around you as mm-hmm. well, especially from a board perspective. Mm-hmm. What was important for you when you were building that team and, and why was it that you built that board right from the very beginning, right from that startup phase? I think. In the very early days, I knew what
1: I had to offer, Stevie. I knew what, what my co-founders had to offer and we knew there were some key skill sets that we really needed from the get-go. And so I thought if we're going to do this, we need to speak to the right people. So we isolated, you know, four areas of which we'd really like some expertise to come on board and advise Stevie. So I realised that, if, you know, for me to throw myself into this full-time I needed a community behind Stevie so we could learn from experts in the field. So for example, we have a recruiter um, on our on our advisory board, who is funnily enough called Steve. But I did want to make sure that we were learning, you know, recruiting done well, you know, how can we learn from, from those, you know, take all the good bits, I guess, of the recruiting and obviously leave the bits we don't like, you know, and people and culture, the, you know, data and analytics, these were things that I, I needed experts in fields to, to give advice. It also is a much more enjoyable journey. <laughs> you surround yourself with good people with the skills you need that can motivate you along the way. So that was very early on. I said, you know, that an advisory board was the way to go. I'd never got, I'd never done that before. So I also had to do research and ask around about how do you even start this? Like who, and who do you approach? Do you need people who've been on boards before? Or that again was a huge learning curve to understand how that worked
0: Um, How do you start this? That will be a question I know a few people will have out there as founders as you know what is the first step you can take to, to finding some great talent to join you on the journey?
1: Well it's finding out what you need firstly so it's really finding the skill that you need the experience that you need before you find the person. I mean that's the same really if you're finding someone to come and work for your team as well let's start with the skill fit. And then I just got some advice over, okay, well, what can we offer? We're a startup. We're a bootstrap startup. We can't afford to pay. However, what we can afford is buy-in and shares, so equity. Mm -hmm. So I put together a pitch for basically advisors to come on board with Sweat Equity and I pitched them our idea for Stevie. And it was really, it was, I guess people then realised, you know what, I'm, I love the idea. I think it has legs, you know, hopefully inspired by my enthusiasm (laughs) and excitement for Stevie Um, because you want to connect with the person who's driving it too. And I did say I don't have all the answers right now, but here's what I'm going to need. And... I understand that as curveballs get thrown your way in life or work and things get too busy, you've just got to let me know and communicate back and and I'll grab the time with you, you know, when you've got it. And we just, you know, created these agreements, sent them off and asked four people, four people said yes, and it's been, you know, a, a hugely valuable to us along the way. But even now even aside from the advisors in Stevie, as people come on board and invest time in Stevie and join our community, I'm also saying I'm open to hearing suggestions and thoughts. You know, I'm still open for people coming on board and and working with Stevie for Sweat Equity. If, if you see an opportunity to add value here, I figure the more the merrier. Like let's build a community because the more of us behind Stevie, it's basically a product that's been created by users. None of us, you know, I'm not in HR. I've hired, I hired people for my business in Hunting for George, but we've come at Stevie with a very common sense approach of what would you want? As a talent, what are you looking for when you get a connection to a business? And as a business, what information are you needing And what leg up do you need? So we've come at it with a very common sense approach. So I'm looking for more people to always give advice and share. So the talent that come on board, they share their advice and their thoughts. And I love that investment.
0: Love it. That is is fantastic. And I think <clears throat> incredible advice for everyone listening if you're going through that stage that, yeah, the power of bringing in a great soundboard and community mm-hmm. around you as you, you're making some of these big decisions at the very early stages. Yeah, and being honest about where you're at in the journey. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm
1: sharing that with people. You know, we are, you know, we are the new kid on the block. We are still listening and learning. We haven't got it all right but we're in the right direction but the more we understand, the more powerful we can we can be as we grow. And people like that. Like it's honest, right? I'm not promising the world to people because I can't offer that right now. But here's what I can offer and we'd love you to come along for the ride. And that's enough for a lot of people, which I'm humbled by.
0: Yeah, that is so wonderful to hear and wonderful that the community does want to get involved and and play their part and and offer that sincere advice. Mm. So I am going to ask you as a final question on Stevie and more about bringing your whole journey together, Mm -hmm. that it takes a lot of courage. It's not for everyone, entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. There's a a huge level of resilience that has, Mm -hmm. it does, it just happens behind the scene to, to keep going, especially when... You're not taking an income, and mm. you know you you're battling uphill for some of these smaller steps to just get across the line. Mm. And it's a it's a long term game. It's definitely mm. not just a, a quick jog around the park. And so, what has been that key attribute for you behind the scenes that's really helped you build that that courage to give it a go, not just once but twice? It's it really
1: is my network. I think. and you're right in that it's saying it is a challenging journey because there are days where I'm hugely motivated and inspired and I have drive and I get this rush of you know validation, I'm on the right track and it's a very powerful feeling. But on the flip side, you know you have these immense feelings of overwhelm because when you look at everything you're trying to achieve, you're like, my god like what like what was I thinking like this is this is a big deal and and the weight does press and then you have those moments of self-doubt kind of sneak in as well because sure the easier way for me to go would have been to go and find a job and get paid a salary and you know would have been a very different journey but then through conversations, I've found conversations are huge for me. So if I'm feeling flat, I will tell people. So not everyone, I broadcast that, but but I do have, you know, people within my network that I might reach out to and say, do you know what this is how I'm feeling? And and sometimes it does take it takes a conversation for someone to say, okay, well let's look at it this way. Or or I might speak to funnily enough, a talent who has no idea that I'm feeling a bit flat that day, and they come on and they're like, I love what you're doing with Stevie. It's resonated with me because I've made this career change and I just feel really confident about jumping on. I love the fact that in your profiles, you asked me questions that no one else has ever asked. And that makes me feel good. And it gives me that little spark to get back on track. So I think conversations is a big one to make sure that you do stay in that positive mindset as well. Also some goals. So you need to make sure that you do set some goals to say, well, I need Stevie to be at this point by this time. And look, God, I've blown some of them way out of the water. <laughs> We're like three years in now because it is a longer process than you realize it's going to be. But also some, some goal setting as well is quite helpful just because not all businesses will make it. And best not to look at the stats because that's quite depressing. But, you know, just having goals of, of steps you want to achieve along the way to make sure you're on the right track.
0: It's prioritisation, um, I think, within that because small business, you can just end up, you can do all these little things that might not necessarily make a difference for yeah. tomorrow. So having goals would probably keep you on that track of yeah. just going, I know, I'm going to make that happen.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. And I remember reading this book at the time and we were in the development of the pilot and it was, I must get the name to you, but it was around... It was written by a gentleman who'd created a platform over in the States. Just the, the name is, I've lost to the name, but he said, you've just got to get to a point where with a product where it's not going to be perfect, but you have to just press go, just put it out there. And because it's that pressure for perfection that you you just won't achieve it because it's just not possible. So I've never forgotten that. So when we press go on the beta test for Stevie, I'm like, I just have to stop looking at it because I'll always find problems with it. I'll always find issues that I want to fix. I just have to look away, push it out there. I put a thing on LinkedIn and said, Do you know what? It's here. Courage, courage (laughs) right there. (laughs) And
0: it was
1: (laughs) petrifying because it's fine to create something behind the scenes, but only when you put it out there to people that's when that's a huge step. And that's when you've actually succeeded because you've actually put something out into the world. And it is incredibly scary. And I overthought this LinkedIn post. I like, I still remember I was actually at Falls Creek and my family were out skiing and I was like inside kind of like, no, I've just got to put it out there. I've got to ask my community for help. So I wrote this post on LinkedIn and pushed it out there and kind of pressed send, like shutting my eyes. I'm like, right, now I'm not going to look at LinkedIn for the rest of the day. I don't want to know. i will probably to get two people like it, blah, blah, blah. And do you know what? Like, I, I actually think I cried because I then jumped on later and had a look. And people were, people were like, good for you. Like they were really proud for me and happy and wanted to support me and said, how can I help? They were. Resharing it. And I thought, God, it's just, it's quite phenomenal. If you allow yourself, if you put yourself out there and call on your community for support, people will do, you know, so much to go above and beyond to to help you out.
0: Oh, they sure will. Ugh. So
1: that's been, that has, that has kept me going through this whole journey, really, just that type of support around me. Like, no, I'm on the right track. I'm doing a good thing. And what, the end result will actually have my driver is that I create something that that has such a positive impact on its community. And we make lots of fabulous connections over time. And people just really that we become a go-to uh, for people who are looking for a change in their career and or looking to grow their teams. And they have a trust that Stevie will connect them with people the right people or
0: the right opportunity. And that makes me feel. this is worthwhile so how do they connect with you how can they Uh, (laughs) find stevie (laughs) um well obviously we are online so
1: stevie.com.au but also through linkedin so i have a lot of people reaching out to me on linkedin just after a post or something that's resonated and they've reached out to say hey i'd i'd love a conversation if you're up for it i'm always up for it. I And I work on my own from home with two dogs that have probably come in and out of this podcast as we speak. I am desperate for the chance to have a conversation with people or get out of the house. So I encourage anyone that if you've got ideas or thoughts, always reach out to me on LinkedIn. And it's quite refreshing to get someone to reach out to you on LinkedIn who actually <laughs> has a, a valid, who's not trying to sell you something, but just they want what a to great conversation. For a reason. Yeah. You see an alignment. Let's just see how it goes. So yeah, reach out to me on LinkedIn and, and who knows, right. But yeah, jump on and check us out. And if you've got any ideas or thoughts, send them my way. I'm always uh, open.
0: We will definitely put all of that in the show notes. And Joe, final question is that I do like to ask all of our guests for a few words of wisdom that they can pass on <laughs> to our aspiring leaders and founders of tomorrow. So what would be your invaluable lessons that you have gained that you would like to share? Take a
1: chance. If you don't take a chance, you'll just never know. And that kind of that will eat you up, I think. You may as well just give it a chance and rally your community behind you to make a change. Speak to those of you, you know, those who are closest to you as well, because you may need their support to go on a different journey, but just take a chance and kind of follow your gut, I would say. With any decision,
0: well, a sincere thank you for gracing Leadership Odysseys with your inspiring presence. Mm-hmm. Today's conversation was rich with insights into CV's revolutionising approach to recruitment and it really reflects on your commitment to shaping a future where individuals and businesses connect meaningfully. So you are a very much a visionary leader who is leaving a huge mark in the landscape of talent acquisition. So thank you, Joe, for joining me on Leadership Odyssey.
1: Kirsty, thank you so much for wanting to hear my story <laughs> thank you
0: thank you for joining us on this incredible odyssey until next time lead with courage lead with heart and keep exploring the remarkable world of leadership enjoyed the journey? Hit the subscribe button, rate us, and leave a review if our stories ignited your leadership spirit. Your feedback fuels our odyssey.